This episode is brought to you by Fleximize, a multi-award winning digital business lender dedicated to providing UK SMEs with flexible finance done properly. Connor Chaplin sets him switch on their one. Cameron Burgess is 2-0. It's brought in. It's 2-1. It's saved by Walton. Incredible scenes here in front of the Sir Bobby Robson stand. Championship bound Ipswich Town. Hello everybody, welcome along to the official Ipswich Town podcast. Also coming to you on Town TV for a very special episode. This week we welcome one of the town's favourite sons, Fabio Wardley, a British heavyweight champion to Portland Road for a wide-ranging chat on boxing, football and burgers. Here we go. Fabio, welcome to Portman Road. First and foremost, how are you? I'm fantastic. Fantastic. Everything's going well. Training hard. Living in the gym as usual. Um, got an extra buzz around me as well. An extra spring in my step because the club's kicking on so well and things are going really well here. So everything's moving in the right direction. I'm in a great place. Tell us about what a boxer gets up to day to day because there is so much time between fights. How do you live your life? What do you get up to? Um, it's very regimented, scheduled to day by day, this time has this slot and you do this then and this then, if I could explain to you the details of my, I have a, my team is, consists of two boxing coaches, um, S&C coach, a nutritionist, a personal chef, I have, um, someone, a management team, a promotional team, there's so many in connecting little bits, little different bits and little bits of parts that all need to fit together to make sure I'm doing everything as I should be on point at the right times at the right place. Even as simple as making sure I eat the right things at the right time of the day. Post meal is this and pre meal is that and post training session is this and post training session is this and so there's so much. So many intricacies, so many little details to it that I have to just make sure I'm on top of. Because ultimately, it, it's, I guess it's a bit different for footballers and things like that because they have a team and they have a guy that comes to them and says, right, do this at this time and do this at this time. And I do have that, but they're not with me 24-7. I'm not at a club or anything 24-7. So it's me. It's me at home going, right, 7 p.m. means eat this, drink that smoothie, have these two creatine tablets wait three hours, have this, da 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 and I've got a regimented list I work from, and everything like that. So it's all very structured, um, all very on point to get the best out of me and make sure I, I always, especially on the night, but even through training, can provide the best performance. 16 wins, 15 by knockout. I mean, it's going right then. Something is, is going right, and, and, and maybe it's all paying off and it's paying dividends. Yeah, definitely. It's not doing too bad, at least. Things are coming together. Um, yeah, it's um, it's been a gradual thing as well because, again, to make a comparison to football, it's a bit different. When you start out in boxing, there's no guidelines. You join a football club and they go, right, here's your coach for this, here's your coach for that, we want you to drill this, we want you to drill that, you do this, you do that. With boxing, it's you sign your licence, you're a professional boxer, there you go, go figure yourself out now. And then you go, well... What do I what do I need? Who do I speak to? And uh, uh, and there's just 
there's no staple there for you to figure out. So along the along the way, I've built a team of, like I say, physios, nutritionists, S&C coaches, boxing coaches, and I've realized over time that I need to add certain people to my team and to my game to improve me, make me better, and fill those gaps. And as they say, leave no stone unturned. Um, and I think I'm at the perfect point with it now. My team gels perfectly. Everyone gets on really well. Um, so we just, we push me and we kick on. We'll come back to boxing in a minute, but you are Ipswich born and bred. Mm. Tell us about young Fabio. What did you get up to? What was life like for you here roaming around in this town? I don't know if I can, uh, I don't know if I can tell you, to be honest, some of the stuff I was up to as a kid. But um, no, I was, um, I've, I've loved Ipswich through and through since I've, since I was, like you say, born and bred here. Um, I love the place. I was a bit of a a, uh, a ruffian kid. Maybe got myself into a bit of trouble here and there and a few places. And um, got I was a bit naughty and did some things I shouldn't have done. And I was with some people I shouldn't have been with and in circumstances I shouldn't have been in. But I think those things change when you... One, when you mature. And two, when you find your thing as well. When you find your reason to go, you know what... I don't need to be doing that anymore. I don't need to be in that space anymore. I like or I love this thing. This is my thing. And that's, it It coincided with the point of me finding boxing to go, I don't want to do all that stuff anymore. I want to do this. Because if I'm if I'm up late drinking, partying, doing this, that, the other and everything else, I'm not going to be able to make my session in the morning. I'm not going to be able to train hard enough. I'm not going to be able to get the best out of me. So, it gave me such direction, such such drive, that pulled me away from some of the some of the negative things I was I was at in my life. But I love the town through and through. Like you say, born and bred here. Um, the immense immense support from the town is something I I truly truly cherish. It's something that means a lot to me. So much so you just go to the shop and I'd go to Tesco and. Some little old lady is scanning my stuff, and she knows who I am, and goes, "Oh, congratulations, you're doing." Suffolk's favourite son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, I don't, well, I think Ed might have me beat. Ed Sheeran might have me beat. I think it's him, me, uh, somewhere around there. But, um, but yeah, like I say, I, I just, I just love the place. I really do, and I love to, I love the the idea. Uh, it's something we played around with for a while. Is is bringing the homecoming back as well. Is having a fight here, having a fight at Portman Road, having a fight at Ipswich. Because my my fights have always been away. They've always been in London, up and down the country, in different places. And everyone's been always extremely supportive in terms of fans and supporters and stuff. And they've always travelled and always made the journey. So I would feel like I almost owe it to them. And I would like to bring it back to them and go, hey, you know what? It's five minutes down the road from you. Portman Road, let's get it on. Where'd you go to school around there? And and do you still see fragments of your childhood? Because, I mean, you still live in and around Ipswich. Do you still see, like, fragments of your childhood where you used to hang around, where you used to play, where you used to, you know, get up to your... Mischievous behaviors. things. I didn't want to say mischief, but where, where, where you used to... Used to hang around. D- d- does that mean a lot to you, the fact that you are still very much part of this yeah. town? Yeah, 1,000%. I still have... I, some of my closest friends are still the same people. My, my best, best friend has been my best friend since I was four years old. We went to school together. We grew up together. He's still my best friend today. I'm godfather to his to his son. So that close connection to the town and wanting to be 
in the mix and still going to those same places. I think people find it funny that they almost expect me to move to London, move somewhere else, and take myself away. And and I don't, I'm not, don't want to associate with it anymore. I feel like I'm this, or I, I, I think I should be this, that, and the other, and, and move away and be something different. When I'm really not. I, I like Ipswich. I like my hometown. I grew up in Chantry. I went to Chantry High School. So again, a bit of a ruffian kid, a bit of a rough estate in a rough area, but. I loved it, and I'd, 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 I love the community, I love the people, they're my, they're my kind of people, they're my people, the people I grew up with, they're all the same, I see them all the same, I still hang around with all the same friends, I still meet the same people, um, nothing has really changed from me, aside from a few more people know my name for, for some achievements I've made along the way, but I'm still born and bred and an Ipswich boy. There comes a really important time, in, in a child's life where they have to decide who they're going to support mm. as, a, as a football team. I always look at um, sort of football leading parents. If your mum supports X or your dad supports Y, you will support that club. You, mm. you will always follow on. Why Ipswich Town for you? It was my old man. My old man. He was a big, he was a big Ipswich Town fan, older boy. So from back in the day when they were really kicking on and really doing well, he was really... Um, he was really on my case about Ipswich and the town, and he's very much the same of wanting to support your home club and get behind them, and um, and like you say, just not be there for them, but show them that hey, we care. Um, so he's the one that really put that in me and really instilled that in me. So you were indoctrinated to become. Oh yeah, yeah, I had no Ipswich choice. Fan. Really, I had no choice. It was it was blue or nothing. Who's your first hero, town hero? So my first hero, like I say, I was brought into it. In the older days, with with my old man, he used to take me to games and things. Um, and I had an uncle that used to look like this player as well, so I loved him. And it was Fabian Wilness, and um, a, a, a funny, silly, and almost embarrassing story to go with this. Um, I used to Ipswich Town used to run like little football teams, little leagues and stuff out on the Astro and things like that. And I played for a team, and I won some sort of trophy award or whatever. And the players would hand you out the awards. Um, and I wasn't really looking, so I was going through the queue um, to get your award, get your award, get your award. And I, I got to the front, and I looked up, and I went, and the player went to hand me the award. And I went, are you Fabian Wilness? He went, no. And I went, oh, and walked off, and so upset. And he was so offended that I like wasn't interested in who he was at all, because I was really so like keen to to look and to find Fabian Wilness and meet him and stuff. But I didn't at that moment, but... He was, um, yeah, back in the day, he was my guy. He was my one. Who was the player that you asked? I can't, I can't remember. I can't remember who it was. It might have even been... Nah, it wasn't Titus. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't Titus. It wasn't. I mean, Portman Road sticks out like a sore thumb in this city. Mm. It is where everyone congregates every other Saturday. It's a, a special place, an iconic landmark, yep. um, uh, you know, as, as part of Ipswich and, and as part of Suffolk. Um, do you remember walking around Portman Road, looking around, and your first game here. And, you know, that special feeling. Mm. I don't know, people start recording it now. Dads have started recording it and mums have started mm. recording it. When a kid walks up the stairs and sees the pitch for the first time and you just see the smile. I still get the smile mm. but when, when when I walk into stadiums. It's amazing because it's just a patch of grass. But, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, It's a patch of grass and loads of seats. But genuinely, do, do you remember your, your first Levertown game here at Portman Road? Do you remember? Uh, no, I... 
I remember my first, yeah. I remember coming up and being like, wow, this is, this is cool. Where like, did you sit? Um, I was in top of the North Stand, top, top North Stand. So I was high up, so I could see everything. Um, and we were a little bit late to it as well, so it was quite packed out. And I was like, car, this is, this is good. But even now, like, even when I, I've been to a lot of the home games of the last few, pretty much all of them, and even when I come up now and there's been the adjustment to the pitch and obviously the pitch has been done over and now we've got the blue Astro and things like that. And when I come out and look at it, I just stop and I'm like, yeah, we're we're in a good place here. Like, we're a serious club now. Like, I really, I still get those little, not pinch me, but goosebumpy. Butterflies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goosebumpy kind of moments of, I tell you what, like, we are... We're good. we're good here. Like, we've got some good stuff going for us. I'll give you a very poignant quote, very famous quote. Goosebumps never lie. Who said that? Not Scooby. No, Swedish House Mafia. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> I had to say it. Uh, it's no, true, though. No, it really no, is true. It, it's so true. How often did you used to get to games when, when you were younger? Did you have a season ticket? Were you able to, to come quite often? And did you have, like, a match day routine? Uh, less, a lot less when I was a kid because I played Saturday and Sunday football as well. So it was difficult for me to do both. It was difficult for me to get to games and play my own. Um, so I just came as and when I could. Um, so I didn't have a season ticket. I didn't have a kind of a, like a match day routine or anything like that. It was quite, as a kid, it was quite sporadic. Um, I didn't go as much as I wanted to because I wanted to play. Was it a treat coming in? Yeah, it was more of, oh yes, I've got, I'm not playing that week. Let's go, and um, I think the, <laughs> the match day, the match day routine. It was a me and my dad thing, and we um, we'd go to football, and in the morning we'd stop, get a McDonald's breakfast, get a coffee, tea, stop, eat that, then we'd go to the game. That was our, that was probably our um, our little ritual. Tell us about you, Fabio, the player. Um, I mean, were you always a unit? Even when you were younger? No. No, 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 no. So I was I was always very tall. I wasn't very built, though. I was always very skinny, kids. Um, it's only probably in the last four or so years I've really started to kind of fill out and, and, and put some mass and size on. And again, that's that's compliments to my team and the team I have around me and, and um, the work we do. But um, I was never massive big. I was always strong because I was quite big. I was always strong, but not size-wise imposing or anything like that at all. Um, I was just always very tall and relatively lean. Who did you model your game and what kind of player were you? Um, so when I played, I played up top. I was a target man up top. I wouldn't say I modelled my game on like a Peter Crouch or anything like that, but I was the big target man up top. Give me the ball, I'll hold it, I'll feed, I'll feed the left and right or play it back and spin off. Because I was quite quick with my feet as well. So I could I could hold up the ball, hold someone off, play to the CAM, do a run round, one, two and go. Um, and that could usually work out or, or turn and spin and get it off to the wing one way or the other. So um, I don't know if I modelled it off anyone, but that was the base of my game. Score any bangers? That was my thing. My thing was 20, 30 yarders. I think I, I, think I was worse. At, if I was, the closer I got, the worse I got. But 20, 30 yards, I could hit a rocket. Um, who was in 
who who played in and in and around your teams? Anyone that we know? Um, not that you probably know. No, no, um, no I one special like, from the crop. No, no one from the crop. No one from the crop. The only name <coughs> who actually no one who he um, he was in the he was a again one of my best friends from school, still a best friend of mine now. Um, he played in the academy and got all the way to the first team. Um, and then as a one of the most interesting moves I've ever anyone in my life has ever done is just gone. I don't want to do this anymore, and just stopped. Um, is a guy named a guy named Lewis Acott who played under Roy Keane. He played, um, I think, Milts Milton with Sam Milmers, um, doing some sort of managing under him as well. Um, and he was in the academy, and he he was on his way to going into the first team. Um, and then he just said, you know what, don't fancy it, and just moved on and lived a normal life. When did you stop playing for Ipswich? Up until when did you did you carry on playing? So I was um, I was in the academy for a little while, not particularly long, um, because again I was I was a bit of an unruly kid. I wasn't really switched on in that sense to really take it seriously and really go, oh, actually, if I apply myself here, I can make something out of this. I was just more in it for. A kick about a bit of fun, a laugh with my mates, do what you got to do, um, just have some like the, the drills and stuff would be going on, and I'd just be in the corner doing kicky ups and whatever else. So I wasn't the coach's best friend, and um, again, another embarrassing little bit of a dumb story for me. So um, I was quite, I don't know how old I was, I was quite young when I was in, but um, I used to play up top. And I was in the academy for a bit, and um, we played against another club. And the the manager at the time of whoever that was said, "Look, I want to try something new. I want you to play centre half." Now I didn't want to sound like an idiot, so I thought, "Okay, I'm not even going to ask. I'm just going to play centre half. No problem." But my brain at that time didn't know what centre half meant, so my maths was centre. So in the middle, and then half, half out the pitch. So I played CM when he wanted me to play centre-back. So no wonder I probably didn't last that long, because I was supposed to be a centre-back, and I was gassing around in centre-mid, doing all sorts, when he probably he wanted me in the back four playing solid. And um, I think it was shortly after that that they gave me the nod and said... Um, Maybe the same for you anymore, mate. Tactics weren't your strong point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The details. I could play, just the details, mm, maybe not so much. Tell us about boxing. Where where did it start? Where did it come from? Where did the passion come from? Uh, it's, it's a funny story. So, again, when I was I was younger, a bit of an unruly kid, unruly youth, um, I was in a program called Positive Futures, which is a program for kids to kind of keep them out of trouble, keep them in occupied situations, keep them busy, stop them getting in trouble. Um, and there was a mentor on that program by the name of Robert Hodgins, who had always been interested in boxing, but he was always great with kids like myself and other kids who were a bit unruly, you can do weather um, things and bits and bobs. And over time, I slowly sorted myself out. I got a job, an office job, and worked myself through and, and pulled myself together and... 
and sorted myself out. But I played football alongside that, and then I rolled both of my ankles very badly, tore my left and right ligaments on the outside, um, to the point where it just became painful to play anymore. It just wasn't worth it. So I stopped, but I've always had that fiery, competitive, I just need need competition. I thrive on competition. I need to prove, not necessarily that I'm better than someone else, that that I'm better than me, that I can that I can really test myself. But what's that process like going from being someone who, who fights in 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 sort of, you know, youth clubs and is is like trying to train and, and is trying to become someone to actually going, right, I'm taking this seriously. This is my career path. This is where I want to go. One day I'm going to become British heavyweight champion. Because for footballers, it seems a lot more clear cut. You mm. go through an academy. Mm. If you, you fall out there, you can try and get through another club. And, yeah. and there are multiple points of entry. With boxing, it feels as though you've got to be on the path and you've got to stick to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it very much was that. Very much was that. So, um, again, it's like you say, there's no clear set path. Ultimately, you decide, you say, well, at least I did. I said to myself one day, I said, right, this is it. I said, because I worked a normal job in London. Um, By the time I taught myself out, I was a good boy. Um, I worked a normal job in London as a recruitment consultant. I was earning really good money for being 18, 19, whatever I was. Um, I was living that kind of back and forth London lifestyle. I was living in Ipswich. It was all going great. But I was boxing alongside of that, and I could slowly feel myself being drawn closer and closer to boxing and thinking, this is what I want to do. This is really what I want to do. So um, I took the plunge, and I remember the conversation again, quite a funny one, that it was funny to go to my boss at the time and say, hey, um, I know I'm doing really well here. Things are going great. Um, but I quit, and he was like, "What's the problem? Like, what's going on? What what can we do? Like, what's going on?" I said, "Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and be a professional boxer." And they were, they were like, "Okay, um, all the best then, I guess." Or they were a bit like, "What do you think you're up to?" Like, must have been the strangest leaving do ever. I didn't have one. Didn't have one. Just kind of got my stuff, waved everyone off, and said bye. Um, what? But hold on a minute. How did you come to that decision? Because there always comes a point where there's a break point. If you are trying to achieve something, mm-hmm. and and if you're in a situation already, you have to at one point start taking from the left to give to the right to to feed that ambition yeah, and fuel it. At what point did you go? right, this is not sustainable, getting up, going into London, doing my job, coming back, training, trying trying to do that. What, how did you come to it? It was exactly that. It was exactly that. So I was on the most mental schedule. I'd be up at five in the morning, in the gym by half five, train till about half six. I'd get the 7.15 train to London, do a 40-odd-hour 40, 40 day in London, come home, be home for about half seven, in the gym for about half eight, Training for a couple of hours, home by 10, eat, sleep, repeat for a camp, for a whole training camp of a fight, which usually takes 8, 10, 12 weeks, depending. And I just realised that's not sustainable. I can't do that. Pros train in the day. like Because I, I, I was around real professionals. 
I was around your Dylan White, your Derek Chisoris, your Tyson Furies, those type of guys. Watched how they trained, watched what they did, um, and said, and I, just, I was just like, I can't, I can't, I won't be able to keep up with you guys or get anywhere near you unless something, something's got to give. And I decided that I can get a normal job whenever I like. Like if I, if boxing doesn't work, I decided my, th- the thing I said to myself was, which one would you rather live with? Would I rather live, would I rather be that old man sat in the pub at 40, 50 going, well, I could have. I've could have done it if uh, there's loads of them, aren't there? Yes, yeah, they're surrounded by them. If oh, well, if if I didn't want to quit my job, but you know, I, I did, and blah, blah, blah. I thought, thought you know what, I'm young, give it a go, throw throw, throw the dice, roll it, let's see. So I did. I took the plunge, so I could have more time to focus on training. I still needed some money to fund bits, so I worked part time in the gym, minimum wage, where I was earning next to nothing. So I could train as much as possible, fight, I had more flexibility with my time. I could go and do, like, you'd get requested from sparring from, like, different people, from, like, bigger profile people, people like I mentioned. So you'd have to be available on call, and it'd have to be at short notice. So I'd be at a point where I, when I'd quit quit that and moved into doing a, a part-time job at, um, at a gym, saying to people, like, look, oh, I need to go spar tomorrow or so-and-so. Could you swap shifts with me? And I'll do yours. I'll I'll do double yours. I'll do whatever. Just let me, let me go go grab that opportunity, please. Um, and that's mainly where the switch came from was to say like, look, it's one or the other. And if you're gonna do this, do it properly. And if you're gonna do it properly, do it now. Take the risk. Make the jump. Do it now. And if it all goes south, all goes south. So what? I'll go get another job at, 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 at similar to what I was doing. I can go work at any old normal company, any old anywhere at any point in my life. It's no big deal. So that was where the big change point came from for me, really. What was your backing like, your family situation, and what's your family situation like now? That was probably the the biggest thing for me, or the biggest confidence thing for me at least, was that I knew that my family were like, if you want to do this do this my family are the most supportive caring enthusiastic like the only the one rule in my family is you're not doing nothing you can do something and you can put your rule into it i don't care if you want to be a binman i don't care whatever you want to do but you will work and you will work hard, and you will earn your way, and you'll pay your way, and you'll do your job, and whatever. It doesn't matter what you do, but do something. And when I came to them and said, look, this, I think I want to, quote-unquote, chase a dream, follow a path, they said, we're with you, 100%. Whatever you need, let us know. And I I don't come from a rich family, I don't come from a a well-off family, we're just working-class, normal people, but... They supported me however they could. They did whatever they could for me to help me get to the point now where I, to help me get to that point where I can then kick on, have good fights, put myself in testy positions. So that that was always in the back of my brain as well when I was fighting. I always felt like I owed it to him. I was like, you, I'm here now fighting on big shows, fighting in big places, 
and I owe it a lot of it to you because without you allowing me that leniency in the first place to go or just the confidence to go we think you can do that my mum always says to me you can do anything you want kid she goes you can do anything you put your mind to kid anything pick whatever you want she goes I'll bet on everything that you can do it and to hear things like that from people close to you that care about you you go you know what I can do this even at moments where there's a bit doubtful in yourself because it's scary it's scary to leave a full-time job and go let's um let's give this let's give this boxing thing a go because again not not many people understand the boxing game or know it at all but you'll know from early on you don't earn any money I think for my first five fights I didn't earn any money not until you're on the big shows until you're on the big tv and people spot you and blah 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 you start getting sponsors and sponsorship deals and those things come a lot later down the line. But when you're starting out, you're on your own. You are there's no there's no money coming in. You're funding everything yourself. Your travel, your petrol, your gear, everything, your your medical costs a thousand pounds a year and things like that. And you I don't have this kind of money. I'm not earning any money, but you make dues, you find ways and you get it done and thankfully Yeah, you graft. Yeah. You graft, you just make it work. That's all. You just make it work. And that's what I did. And um and thankfully for the through the support of my family, through the support of my friends, and now through the support of the club and, and the the um the town, the area, I'm in a great place for everything. Take me back to April twenty seventeen, twenty two year old Fabio Wardley, York Hall, the world famous York Hall, yep. Bethnal Green, your first pro fight mm. what your mum said to you about anything being possible must have been ringing through your head but how do you feel considering you've taken a risk you've taken a big jump a leap of faith and it's paid off and here you are first professional fight it felt a um it felt like a relief it felt like a relief because there's a backstory to that as well is that i um i had my my um my debut, as it were, when I was supposed to fight, cancelled and rescheduled six times in a row. So I'd train for a fight. It would get close within a few weeks. The manager promoter at the time would go, for this reason, either the fight is pulled out, the show's not happening anymore, this has happened, this happened, you can't fight. So I'd have to restart, go again. Another six, seven, eight weeks, same again. That happened six times over. Even to a point where I, I even got to a point where I had sat in a room on my own. I had five minutes to myself and I just thought, you know what, maybe this is a sign. Maybe maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I'm not supposed to do this, actually. But, again, it's funny because my mum, my dad, not necessarily sat me down, but just stopped me and just went, keep moving. My motto for life in any situation, when anything goes bad, goes wrong, adversity, whatever, blinders on, keep moving forward. Close out the noise, close out everything else, keep moving forward. No matter what's going on, keep moving forward. And and that built a lot of grit, determination. I built calluses from that in me. So whenever situations would go wrong, go south at any point, in boxing, outside of boxing, I'd be like, okay, cool, no worries. We keep moving. So um, 
what's happened has happened. You can't change the past, mm. change the future. 1,000%. 1,000%. So when I finally got to York Hall, <clears throat> I think I was, I was in disbelief all the way until I was in the ring and that first bell went. And I went, oh, okay, I'm here. This is it. We're, we're in now. We're ready to go. So it was, um, it was a good fight. Good opponent, good, strong, Eastern European opponent, very strong, very sturdy, ready to rock and rumble, ready to get involved. Um, it still begrudges me to this day that I didn't knock him out because I, I've done everyone else but him. But um, I did knock him down. Um, I knocked him down. He got back up. I started punching himself in the head. And then my brain went, Okay, I'm going to leave you alone for a little bit now because <laughs> you're you're on a different place. Like he was a bit, he was a bit ready. He was more than ready to go. So I stuck more to my boxing skills. I thought, you know what, get the win. I thought, get through this, get the win, box, move, make it through, um, and get the win. So um, that I did. The relief I felt, the happiness I felt afterwards. Um, I remember immediately, like, when the bell went, turned, because in the York Hall, there's downstairs and there's a balcony where people overlook. look, and I looked up, and my family and all my friends were there, and I just remember looking and feeling, like, relief and joy and just, a, like, a, a, a deep breath, almost, of, oh, yeah, I've done, I've done it. I mean, I'm on my way. I'm here. I'm so relieved that your boxing tactics are so much better than your football tactics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, that, 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 that first fight could have gone very, very differently. <laughs> um, just over a year later, <laughs> you're, you're back in Ipswich at the Corn Exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, look, you get your knockout there, but but just sort of segueing on something else, how special would it be for you to fight here at Portman Road? That would be the one. That would be the one. The Corn Exchange was a taster. It was a setup. It was a little, um, not a sneak peek, but it was a little taste. It was a taster for everyone to go. This is what we. Could, this is what it could be. This is what we could do. We could turn this into something really big. Um, because when I fought in Ipswich, I think it was a capacity of two thousand or something like that. Again, very very early on in my career, and I was. The place was just. I could. F- like when my name got announced, I could feel the vibrations of a noise, of the noise of the roar, and I thought, "This is something different." I thought, and then, even then, I thought, "Imagine, imagine when I'm on that pitch in the middle of the ring, and you hear my name gets announced, and you hear the roar, and imagine the buzz that goes through you because it's almost like a drug. I d- I've not found a, a high a a feeling, uh, a moment that's better than that moment when you win, your hands raised, everyone's cheering for you, you're successful, you've because the graft and all the hard work and everything that you put in along the way is so so demanding, takes so much from you, and then to get the gratification at the end is just like the icing on the cake. You're good friends with, with town CEO Mark Ashton. Mm-hmm. I presume you've mentioned it once, twice, maybe ten times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we spoke about it a number of times, um, a number of times. So much so, I even brought a uh, a promoter of mine down. We had a meeting about it, about wanting to do it. We were on the pitch, looking around, talking about ideas, how, where, when we can set it up, what we can do and things. 
Um, I want it. He wants it. Uh, the club and the town definitely want it. It's probably one of the most asked questions I get. So everyone's on board. It's just about timing. Need the right time because it's difficult to mix with the season as well, with training players and things. And um, you need the right fight as well. You need the right fight with enough momentum, enough build, enough um, entertainment factor for people to want to really tune in and, and, and part with a bit of cash to come and watch. You talked about what the, the people of Ipswich want. We've got some of their questions for you. Uh, I'll be giving, to, mm-hmm. giving them to you in a minute. Um Tell us about your relationship with, with Mark, though. Interesting. Special. He's, um... I feel like... It's funny because I feel like... Everyone sees him as Mark Ashton, CEO. Big dog, Ipswich Town. I literally see him as, like, a mate. Like, he'll call me randomly. I'll call him randomly. It just... Something will happen in boxing, and he'll want to be like, so what's the inside scoop? He'll be like, what's going on? Who who did this, and who's that about? What happened there, and what's going on? And then he'll go, how's you? So what are you doing? What are you training? And then I'll call him the same thing, and I'll be like, oh, we just signed so-and-so. How's he looking? How's that going? Oh, I was like, the game at the weekend, car, the boys looked fantastic, didn't they? Rah, 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 and this and that. And we have a we have a more kind of like friendship relationship than anything, than probably less professional than anything. We, we can... um laugh and joke and there for each other whenever we need and he can um he can call me for anything whenever he needs and and I feel the same about him so it's um I'm very fortunate extremely fortunate and extremely thankful to have someone like him one backing me but to just be there in general and have a friend like that around you become quite the face in the director's box as well haven't you (laughs) yeah I'm there as much as I can be I'm there as much as I can be again Benefits of um, getting on well with Mark. Um, I'm there, like I say, whenever I can make a game, I'm there. I, I love to watch the boys, especially as of late. The atmosphere and stuff is crazy. The buzz of the the buzz of the stadium and stuff is just is just mental at the moment. So um, whenever I'm whenever I've got free a free weekend, I'm not training. I've got something on. I'm at the club. Funding your business doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to take weeks. It doesn't need to involve your bank. At Fleximize, we believe there's a different way to do things. We take the hassle out of finance, so you can get on with what you do best, running your business. Think of us as your trusty sidekick with the power to boost your business with fast, flexible loans built for you. Visit us at Fleximize.com or call our Ipswich office on 01473 208 108. Fleximize. Business finance done properly. Shall we get to some questions from our our listeners here stuck on, on Town TV and the official Ipswich Town podcast? Um, choose a category. Boxing, football, general. Boxing. Uh, Connor Young and John Huston both ask, who would you most like to fight at Portman Road? So something we've just been talking Fraser about. Fraser Clark. Straight in there, straight in there. Fraser Clark. Is, this an, is that an official call-out? Uh, me and him have had beef back and forth for a while. We've had some... Ba- we've had some... Um, <clears throat> we've had some words. We're, um, we're not friends, if you'd put it like that. So... 
it's not a call out because he already knows and we've already had back and forth with each other, but he'd be my target for that, yeah. Uh, Callum asks, which fight hurt the most and why? Hurt? Yeah. Is in pain? I presume so, yeah. You uh, haven't lost yet, so it's not going to be hurt as in the, emotional. The, the fight that hurt the most, um, probably one of the lesser viewed, maybe lesser viewed, maybe not. It was a fight versus Eric Molina. Um, he was a former two-time world time world champion challenger fought Deontay Wilder some some of the big type boys and um he was very on the back foot of the whole fight circling away staying away from me staying away from me and I was getting frustrated because I wanted to get stuck in so I rushed in to a um to a shot in a moment and he just quickly snapped a right hand at me and I promise you I was probably looking at that wall and I ended up looking that wall by the end of the punch and um i won still got him out of there finished him up but the next morning i bought a sandwich in the morning for the flight home i could barely bite into the sandwich because my jaw hurt so much so um that's probably the most painful one i've got a slow-mo vid on my phone somewhere i could show you or whatever but we'll save that for another time uh ben ward has asked a very general question i'm not sure i'm so, you know, what context he applies this in, but he's just asked Anthony Joshua or Tyson Fury. I don't know if he's talking about as boxers, as human beings, uh, as chefs. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I think I, I like Anthony Joshua a lot more than I like Tyson Fury. I think Tyson Fury beats Anthony Joshua in a boxing match. Interesting. Kieran Bell says, can we spar? Uh, yeah, you can, but... You'll have to sign a waiver first. Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine. Got to be insured for that, Kieran. Uh, football. Let's go to that section now. Mm. Um, Andy has asked, are you still taking full responsibility for the signing of George Hurst? Still am. Still am. I um, speak to George regularly, and I've I've told him. I keep on him about my agency fee. He keeps telling me I'm never getting it, but I'm going to work on that one. I will be getting something. And um, he's actually, funnily enough, his missus trains at my, she's actually a really good boxer. She trains at my gym as well. So um, I'm on the case. I will. I will be getting my comeuppance for that because I, I'm pretty sure I was instrumental in that signing. Checks in the post. Uh, James Jones asks, "Are you still a good footballer now?" No, no. I can crack a ball. Uh, I can ping a pass. Aside from the rest, probably not. Don't play five aside, seven aside. Nah, mm, nothing. nothing. My, my, my ankles are made of cheese now. They're, they're, <laughs> they're on their way out, mate. Gary Affleck. Uh, when was your first Ipswich game? To go to. Oh, yeah, when your first game? What was the first game you went to? I don't even remember. I don't know who we were playing. How old do you reckon you were? I was about nine or ten. I really wouldn't have remembered. Really won't remember. Uh, Ryan Wollenough has asked, who's your favourite town player, past or present? I know Fabian was your, Fabian Wellness was your, your hero. <coughs> my favourite, my favourite town um Favourite town player is Harry. Harry Clark. Because me and him get on really well. We're good friends. I speak to him quite a bit. He's he's my he's my boy. He's my guy. Are we, have, are we having that answer? He was on the podcast last week. Yeah. Oh, was he? Yeah. Was he? Did he? Unless he mentioned me, he didn't. He did it. He was too busy talking about roast dinners. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, it was very re- good. I'll retract that statement then. Um... Past or present? Benny. 
Ben, I do, I do, I do a lot of stuff with um, talk sport drive and stuff, and I'm on there quite a bit. So Darren Bent, Fraser Clough has asked which town player could handle themselves in the ring. This is a great question. Past or present? Now let's cover this this season. I think Harry. We've been we've been over this ground before. Let's let's can we can we exclude Harry Clark from this? Oh, all right, all right, all right. Wolfie, I'm going Wolfie, 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 Freddie Ladapo. Yeah, and I think it's a solid like. Actually, I've I've got a new one. I've Go got on. a new one. Morsey. Oh, Morsey. It'd be horrible to Morsey. fight Morsey. Do you know who'd also be horrible to fight Massimo Longo? Yeah, same same. Middleweight, sort of that kind same, of. Same. Yeah, yeah. I'm stuck. I I say. Morsey won, Wolfie second. He'd be very annoying to fight, Mass. Yeah. Sam Morsey would be like Ivan Drago from... Yeah, yeah he'd, just, he'd be a machine. Yeah. He'd be a machine. He would not stop. Uh, Chessie's asked, your favourite current Ipswich player, excluding Harry Clark. She hasn't said excluding Harry Clark, but... You are saying. Yeah. Uh, Chappers. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> guys, so... Nah, Chappers, 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 Chappers. Confirmed? Confirmed. Connor Chaplin. Uh, Guy Salisbury's asked, how has boxing helped you overcome any struggles in life? Dedication, direction and focus. Because it's my go-to. When anything in my life is left or right, that is always central. It's always my north, it's always my north star. It's always my point towards. It's always my... If something's going wrong in life, if something if I'm not in the best place, I'm not in the best mind frame, boxing brings me central because it's a at its core, it's a very simple thing. Two hands hit something. It's a very simple thing. But it gives you a lot to focus on, a lot to pay attention to, and it takes your brain away from everything. And again, in some situations, you've been angry, upset, and whatever else, and you can let all those emotions out. You can go, you can be frustrated in a situation, go to the gym for an hour, smash out a session, come back, and you feel a different person, and you feel like, okay, actually, maybe I didn't feel just like that. Maybe it's a bit like this. Maybe it's a bit like that. So, boxing is my North Star. Um, at these general questions, we, we've got five of them. Um, one of them is, have you tried MMA or wrestling training? That's from Aiden. I haven't. I have very, very, very briefly done a grappling session. Um, because at my boxing gym upstairs where the boxing area is, there is also a matted area to the side, which is uh, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu section with a, with a class and a team and everything like that. I've very briefly done a grappling session, um, but no, I've not tried anything like that. I, I don't mind getting punched, but I'm not in the mood for people to start throwing elbows and knees at me. We usually have some really ropey food-based questions in this general section. I'm here for it. Um, but there's only one this week, and Jack has asked, what's your go-to meal deal? Do boxers even eat meal deals? Meal deal? Yeah. Uh, ham and cheese sandwich. Simple. Why? Love, love cheese, love cheese. Solid. Any specific go-tos? If I'm going for it, it's, it's, if I'm going for it, it's a camembert. Nice. Um, ham and cheese. Yeah. Sweet chili sensations. Some sort of innocent smoothie. 
probably the green one. So you're or getting maybe, you're getting good value out of maybe, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, are you are you yeah, one yeah. of them people that looks at the actual monetary no, value no, no, of no, it? I, don't and says, I want what I want. I'll what? get what I want. Come on, you got to look at the financial no, 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 gains no, no, on it. No, 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 no. Okay, there you go, Jack. That's the middle question done. Um, Kaylee has asked, "What is the best thing about living in Ipswich?" The peace when you need it. I think there's many places you can go to just get away, escape. If you need to wander in a park, you've got options. If you want to go to not the, the seaside, if you want to go to West Westerfield, if you want to go not to the beach but to some rivers, if you want to go to under the Orwell, if you just need... Five minutes of nature, Rendlesham. I think that's the, one of the best things about Ipswich. You'd make a fantastic tour guide for, for the town. Everyone knows that's the wrong answer, though. Ipswich Town Football Club is the correct answer to that particular question. Um, the last question. We're not getting any more food ones. No. I want to do more food. <laughs> come come up with it. I'll where give, where the questions of last I'll week? I'll give you some more food Thanks ones. Best place, best place to eat. Best, yeah, best, best. My favorite place to eat in Ipswich. Bella Napoli. There you go. Done deal. Yeah, yeah, Bella, that, that's Bella, a Bella Napoli. Can't outside. go wrong. I've been going there for so long for since I was. Is it one of them ones where they know you when you? They walk know in? me. That I don't. I answer the phone. I go hi. They go hello, Fabio. How are you? It's that's that's how much they know me. They go. Same? I go same. They go, no worries, 10 minutes. I go, great. Thanks, guys. What's your go-to order? Chicken salsa rosa. Spicy. It's like a tomato, creamy pasta. They chuck a bunch of chilies in there as well. Spice and I'll put some chicken. Cheese? Uh, uh, Parmesan. Parmesan on top. Classy guy. Classy guy. Um, More food. More food. What what was the roast dinner question? Oh, yeah. That's a great question. I'm going to prefix this by saying... My least favourite dinner on the planet is a roast dinner. Why? I just found it boring, dull, and a waste of time. If if there was a menu and I could pick anything other than a roast dinner, I would. What about Christmas dinner? Christmas Christmas I'll get stuck in because I'm probably still hungover. So any food is good food. Um and I'll just stuff my fate. Stuff my plate for the pigs and blankets. Good shot, good shot. You want a good food question? A friend of mine, Adam Azim, um, after he fights, he goes to my best mate's restaurant every time. Every time he does these massive burgers, whatever, wings, mac, mac and cheese. What is your post fight cheat meal? Ultimate? Five guys. Really? Yeah. Is there not better than that out there? You sure? No. You need to come and chill with us. No. Where you, where is it? Where's your? It's like out, down past London. It's way. It's it's, it's quite far. But you go get it. Bring it back. I'll let you know. Yeah, but it'd be cold and uh, maybe I'll come. Then. Come, come for a visit. Come for a five visit. Guys. What's your five guys order? Two double cheeseburgers with raw lettuce, jalapenos, hot sauce, and mayonnaise. Where's the onions? Onion. Yeah, onions. Raw onions. You said lettuce. Oh, sorry, I meant raw onions. Okay, oh, cool. Yeah, good shot. Calm down. I'm right. no trouble. Jesus. I've got to defend the onion, man. All right, calm down. <laughs> with um, with some large Cajun chips and a Oreo milkshake. 
when you say large, are you talking about full to the brim, the bag full to the brim? I say large because I know if you say small, they still dump loads in yeah. there. But I say large anyway because look at me. <laughs> the milkshakes are banging, though, aren't they? So good. The but but good. Uh, a little tip for you: mm. ask for two straws. Yeah, because it goes a bit soggy, doesn't it? Uh, you know they have bacon as an option on the milkshakes. Yeah, they do. Would you ever? I've do not that? done it, but I'm not against it. I'm not against it. I'm not sure. I'm not against it. Not Me sure. and Five Guys get on really well, actually. I am, um, again, another dumb Fabio funny story is that I mentioned Five Guys in the middle of my fight and it got clipped and I ended up getting to do some free promo and stuff with them. What did you say in the middle of the fight? <laughs> so, um, I was three or four rounds into a fight and I was getting frustrated um, because, my again, my opponent wasn't really engaging. Um... And I said to my coach, I said, this guy's really getting on my nerves. Like, it's winding me up now. I said, I'm just going to stick it on him. And my coach said, look, keep it calm. He said, but... <laughs> I said, um, like, we were talking for a bit and we were just about to finish. You get a minute's break. Probably last 10 seconds, I went... Because it was at the O2 as well. And there's one, there's a five guys in there. And I, um, there's about 10 seconds left. And I went, we are getting a five guys after this, aren't we? <laughs> and he went... If you knock him around the next round, we'll get one. And I went, all right, no worries. Job done. Knocked out. Five guys. Yeah. Ten minutes later. Standard order. Done deal. Standard order. Beautiful. Lovely. Absolutely love it. Um, last question goes to Robbie, who says, could Ed Sheeran ever walk you out for a fight? I wish. Someone call him. Someone's got his number in this building. Somebody call him. Ask, ask your pal Mark. Yeah, I will, actually. Well, I'll get on this case, but I would, I would love to, I would love to, and I know, I think, um, I, well, I don't say I know, I also don't know him, but Ed's a, Ed's a great guy. He loves the club, loves the place. So I'm sure actually, it's probably be something he'd be willing to do. To be honest, I don't know what song would be hypey enough to, um, for a wing walk, or maybe he could do a cover. Actually, he did like an Eminem cover, um, or something the other day, didn't he? So, um, he could do something. But if I was to fight at Portman Road, I would definitely be on that. That would definitely be something we need to um, get done. We are going to move on to a feature we're calling the Portman Playlist. It's yet to be titled properly. Um, our producer, Zavi, still wants it to be called the Caden Jackson 5. Whatever you... That's actually... Think. I, I it's like a that. great Keep idea. I was like, our producer over there, Zavi. I'm, I'm voting that. I'm voting that. Because the Caden Jackson 5... Um, it's basically a playlist put together by celebrity guests, by players, and, and it's five tracks. We're going to ask five five questions. Give us five tracks, a bit of explanation. Um, and I tell you what, while you do it, I popped out and grabbed these gloves earlier on. Are we having um, a few rounds? I'd love to, but uh, if possible, while I ask you the questions, you could sign these and maybe we could give them away. Okay. Some Lucky oh, Town TV viewers. Um, so... <laughs> There you go. There's the pen. Let's have your first question for the Portman playlist slash Caden Jackson 5 slash call it what you want. What song reminds you of Ipswich Town? See, oh, this is the only one I'm not going to be able to do properly because I can't remember what it's called. It's, called. it's the one that... Oh, I'm going to sound so dumb. It's when everyone's walking out and it goes... But what's it called? I can't remember. 
So Insom- well, 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 was I was going to shout you out. Okay, another one of our producers said, I guarantee you he will pick Insomnia Faithless. Yeah, because it's the one and I get buzzy. I'm like, here we go. Game time now. Have like, you heard like the seven minute monster mix? No, I haven't it heard mad. that. It I haven't heard mad. that. It's a big tune. It's a big tune. Maxi Jazz was a legend. God bless him. Um, absolute legend. But yeah, Faithless Insomnia. Great shout for the playlist. He's dropped one of the gloves. Sign the other one. What track reminds you of the good times? Um... Luther Vandross, never too much. Big tune. Are you a karaoke man? No, I'm an old soul. I'm an old soul. Um, Luther Vandross, Marvin Gaye, Lenny Williams, all of those. Uh, oh, no. Just that's that's me. Is that your kind of driving music as well? Um, do you know what that is? <clears throat> that all them type of songs. If I showed you my playlist. My pre-fight changing room playlist is Barry White, all of those really old, slow, almost love songs. People are so confused when they enter my changing room before a fight and I'm singing away to like Barry White and Marvin Gaye and all of this. And they're like, are you realising you've got a fight in five minutes or are you trying to serenade the crowd? Like, what's going on here? You're a shower singer. Uh... No, I'm a shower talker. Talk to myself. I like a layout situations. Like, I've got this today. I've got to have this conversation. So I'll say this and do this and then this. I'm a very much a talker to myself. Okay. Like, I'll just walk around the house having conversations with myself, to be honest. What song carries you through training camp? Car- uh, it's Drake, Views. But he's got a whole album called Views. But there's one song called Views. Um... And there's a lot of lines in it that I find very motivational um, that I can relate to in the song that um, really does it for me. What song gets you pumped for a fight? I can't wait for this. Um, I can't. I can't remember the. It might be. It's it's a uh, it's KRS one. I think it's called Stepping. Step into a world, step into a world, or step into my world. One of those two. Karis one did Sound of the Police, didn't they? <coughs> yeah, that was a big. Yeah, That was my ringtone for my parents. Was it as a kid? Yeah, was Sound it? of the Police, just because you knew you were in trouble. Uh, uh, is that yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> actually good. That's actually so good. Um, what is the ultimate? Boxing walkout song doesn't have to be yours. You can think back to to others who have had different tunes in the past. I don't know why I'm on the Rocky theme. I watched Rocky 1, 2, and 3 yesterday, so I was talking about James Brown living in America, Apollo Creed. That was in Rocky 4. I don't know why I said Rocky 1, 2, and 3. That was in Rocky 4, but that was genuinely an unbelievable performance. I know it was fictional, because it was a film, but even then, to have James Brown as a walkout, amazing. What is your ultimate It's not one I don't think anyone will really know, um, but it's a song by Roy Jones Jr. called Y'all Must Have Forgot. Yeah, Roy Jones Jr. was a, a boxer. He went all the way from middleweight up to heavyweight. One belt to every weight. One about a heavyweight, something that's rarely been done, if ever been done, aside from him. And he made a song. Um, no, sorry, it's not Yarmas Can't be touched. Roy Jones Jr. Can't be touched. Um, that's my... It's part of my... It is my ring walk, actually. It is my ring walk song. So I have a mix of Faroe Monk, Simon Says, right at the beginning. 
because it has a good drop of like dun 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 like that, and then it drops into the uh, the Roy Jones Jr. song. Yeah, I must have forgot because again. He's a boxer, talks a bit about boxing, saying no, he can't be touched, can't be seen, you can't get to me, you can't touch me, you can't lay a glove on me, basically. So that's my one. Oh, on the flip side, what's the worst walkout song you've heard at an event or, or, or seen maybe on TV? There's got to have been some horrendous I ones. I usually just blank them out and turn it over or something. Um, it's a part of it. I've heard Barbie Girl. No, really. I've heard Barbie Girl before. I think it was a girl doing it. I'm oh, not, fair enough. I'm not against it. But even still, just like, come on. So um, that was probably my least favourite. Again, nothing to do with a female or her being a female boxer. But just Barbie Girl coming out song is just not ideal. Tell me about being the Ipswich boy celebrating on the pitch. Last season, promotion from League One. What was that like? What was the inner child telling you then? Were you sat there going, "Wow, what is going on?" Yeah, I was. I was doing every, um, I was doing everything I could to soak the moment in because I remember I was I was in the box and I was like, everyone was on the pitch and I was like, no, 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 no. this is a special occasion. I was like, I'm getting on the pitch. So I ran, I ran downstairs, ran to the gate. Luckily, I've been here quite a bit. Everyone knows me quite familiar, so they were like, "Yeah, of course, I've come through." Um, and just be and, and I and I know a lot of the boys really well, and um, talk to them a lot. So it was nice to just be there in front of them and watch them be able to soak in their own moment. Nothing for me to be a part of it. Obviously, that is great as well. But it was nice to be on the peripheral and watch someone. Be happy for someone else to go, you know what, you lot have done something serious here and watch them really get emotional about it, soak it in, celebrate as a team, hug each other and hug Kieran, hug Mark and everyone just... Because I think that's the biggest thing for us right now. We've got such a massive team sense that we are a unit. Like, there's no, oh, him over there and him over there. It's, we're in this together. This club feels like a family again. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's, it was so great to just not necessarily be a fly on the wall, but just be there on the peripheral and just be like, yeah, boys, you lot are, you lot are under something here. Like We're doing something big. But I got involved here and there, got in a few pictures, did, did had to duck and dive here and there and get in a few bits. But um, loved it. Absolutely, absolutely loved it. It would definitely, it's a memory I will hold on to for, for the rest of my life, 1,000%. It was something I'll tell and show my kids. If you had to pick three of the current squad to be in your corner for a fight, who would you pick? Who would be on towels? <laughs> no, because that sounds disrespectful <laughs> to put someone on okay. towels. Okay, who would you pick three for your corner? Uh... Am I not allowed to pick Harry? Can it? Yeah, go on. All Harry's right. in there. Harry's in there. Harry, Wolfie, and Leaf. Is there any reason, any specific attributes? Harry and Wolfie are quite imposing. Nice to have in the corner. You need you need someone who looks solid in the corner to intim- tag team, aren't they? To, yeah, yeah, yeah. To um to intimidate the opponent. 
And um, and then Leaf's just a good soul, just a good soul. So he's good to have there. So he, like he'd just be, I'd just to enjoy, I'd like to have him there. Yeah, I could chat forever. Literally, you and me both. Literally could. Um, I got one final question for you. Take your time, think about it. It's a very broad one. But Fabio, what what does Ipswich Town Football Club mean to you? Home. It means it means home. It means comfort. It means it means a place not not the like a place where you feel safe, but a place where it, it means community. It means family. It means home. It means community. It means. We are all here together, all focused on the same goal, all pointing in the same direction. Even though there's 30,000 of us, we're all pointing in the same direction, got the same thing on. We're all shoulder to shoulder in this. Um, Yeah, so family and home. Fabio, well, thank you so much for, for sitting down with us here on the official Ipswich Town podcast and on Town TV. Uh, these gloves, by the way, will... Be available to win uh, keep watching Town TV keep listening to the official club podcast we'll be uh, filling you in on details on how you potentially get your hands on, on one of these uh, boxing gloves but yeah Fabio thank you so much once again for joining us here uh, keep tuned to Town TV and the official club podcast to find out how you can get your hands on one of Fabio's signed boxing gloves until then though come on you blues <laughs> <laughs>